0: Coming up, following the blowout loss at the hand of the Philadelphia 76ers, we start to scratch our heads on the Brooklyn Nets and ask, are they a bad defensive team? Can they right the ship? We dive in coming up next.
1: You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Ah, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there is Doug Norr, the owner-operator of DFSR, for all your daily fantasy sports projections. From DraftKings to FanDuel, he's got you covered. I'm Adam Armbrecht, breaking down the big-time winners, New York football giants, on the One Giant Podcast, my boy Andy Mack. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are 100% free on all those great platforms. Tell you today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And Doug, it seems like the appropriate time. Maybe the first real blowout gut punch of the season for this somewhat injury-riddled Nets roster. But maybe it's just because the defense isn't good enough.
1: Yeah. You never really want to just like go f- do a full evaluation after your worst loss of the year. Like we've always said, you know, it's, it's the, the only time, for time evaluation. To, the best time to evaluate long-term prospects is not after wins and not after losses. Those are the they're tied for the worst times to ever just start thinking about your long-term views. That being said, I mean, 13 games into the season, the definitely injuries play a part of this, and what that's probably always going to be a little caveat to everything we talk about is that the Nets are not have not really been at, well, haven't been at full strength at one point this whole season, or someone, someone sort of critical to you know, re- pretty important has been hurt the whole time. That being said, this team seemed like it would go into the season hanging its hat on its defense based on sort of the player personnel that it had. And that has just not been the case uh, up and, yeah. you know, through these first uh, set of games, the nets were looking okay, but and sometimes just a few games can sort of submarine some of these numbers. They rank the best version. There's different defensive ratings out there. The better, the best of them has them ranked 19th. <laughs> you can find ones like on, you know, the just hardcore defensive rating that has them ranked all the way down at 23rd. And you're, but let me put it this way. You're not finding any that have them in the top 10. So there's, I mean, the I do think it's, they say the nets are really good
0: defensively though, Doug, talk about those ones too.
1: <laughs> those are the ones we make <laughs> up in our head to tell you know, <laughs> let ourselves be able to sleep at night. But I think you and I share the same concerns. And some of the things that had, uh, probably the Net fans out there are, were all concerned about, right. Is that like, we thought this team was going to be hanging its hat on defense to make up for possibly the lack of offensive firepower. Sure. And that has just not been the case it, it, it's in terms of in the aggregate with these numbers.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're talking about rough looking over. I got six games and seven, including the one win early in the season against Charlotte, where the Nets have surrendered 120 plus points defensively. Now, you highlight the injuries. And I think, unfortunately, when we talked about all the time, the depth of this team, and and it's shown out specifically on the offensive end, guys like Lonnie Walker stepping up in big spots, right, filling in the gap after you see Cam Thomas look like he's ready to take that big, prominent role with this team, go down with his injury. So you see that happen on that side of the court. On the defensive side of the court, it's kind of been consistent that no matter who comes in, there is always these problems. I mentioned this coming out of the 76ers game and it's a theme for this season. When you look at the backcourt specifically, and of course without Ben Simmons it changes it. You get Claxton back, but but Ben Simmons is versatile in a different way there as well. To me the backcourt defense, the point of attack defense and getting over screens that's a problem. It's a problem with consistency, and it leads to the perimeter shooting and these wide open looks that has never gone away for this team over the first thirteen games.
1: Yeah, the Maxi and Embiid thing was specifically just a disaster. I mean, that's a really hard matchup anyway, right? Like those Embiid screen. Embiid's a is, a is a total truck, and yeah. Maxi's like a pre- is one of the fastest guys in the league. So that's been a problem for everyone. So I can't really just look at that one game and be like, oh, you know, they couldn't hold down a Maxi and Embiid. Well, that's been. Sure problematic for a lot of people right that specific action is really really hard but the, but it's really just not even that it's it's when you look at kind of everything that's happened you mentioned the amount of points that were letting up a game you know they're probably they're a little worse than average in the eastern conference in, in opponents points per game allowed you're like you can kind of live with that if you play a fast pace but the nets don't the, Mets, the Nets play the 23rd fastest pace so like pace adjusted it looks way worse and right. Right. Because like, if you're like, okay, well, you know, the Pacers play lightning fast pace, they're going to let up a lot. They're going to let up a lot of points. That's fine. They're going to score a lot too. The nets are being outscored by their opponents on the season. They're playing a slower pace and it's not like that slower pace is yielding any benefits because teams are still scoring a lot of points against them. And when you look at these, you know, going into the season, you're like, okay, well, they're going to have Simmons. Well, he's been hurt. Okay. You're going to have Simmons and I can get the individual numbers with all these guys Mm -hmm. too, which we will. You have Simmons. You have Claxton. You have Mikhail Bridges. Like this guy's supposed to be like the consummate defender. I'm not sure we're totally seeing it at that end. Cam Johnson. He got the you know he got that contract because he's a two way player. I mean, are we seeing huge benefits there? I'm not sure. Right? Like Dorian Finney Smith. He's been decent. Um. So it's like hard to totally complain. DSJ. Like I think like it's just not really coming together in a way that you thought it was going to. Mm -hmm. And if it can't come together this team has major problems going forward. Like they have to be good on defense. The offense is simply not good enough because think, think about the stories you can tell yourself about this team. Is it more likely to get, see massive improvement on defense or massive improvement on offense? Like, what would you say? I mean, I, we didn't talk about this specific question ahead of time, but like, I mean, to me, it's obvious. And maybe this is too leading.
0: (laughs) Oh, I I would hope defensively they can start to get themselves into form where we expectation, right? Everyone played expectation like we
1: had coming in the season. Right. Like, so, right. Cause you, if you, if you look at who they have and you look at, and you're telling yourself, you know, a future story, you'd say, Hey, we could have this thing be a top 10 defense based on Claxton, Simmons, Mikhail, Cam, like these mm-hmm. guys all coming together. If that's not going to happen, not to say it can't, but if it's not going to happen, this team is really going to struggle. If they're going to struggle, like they can't, they don't score enough points. The offense just, is, it's, there's, there's fewer ways for the offense to be good. And that's
0: why, see, we're going to get into, as you mentioned, the individual performances here. But coming up in yeah. a second, there's some, gold, by you. the way, sorry,
1: real quick. There's a, just to lead this in just as a, yeah. as a teaser. There's some glaring numbers here, too. Like there's some not <laughs> right. there's some numbers here that are not that flattering. Sorry. It's all good. I'll give you
0: and this can either be a silver lining about the defensive play relative to the opposition Or it could be even more damning given that no one has necessarily met the mark. We'll dive in on those individual statistics and team high-level perspectives in just one moment.
1: All right, before we get into that, I'm going to tell you about our good friends over at FanDuel. It's time to score early this season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Look, FanDuel has figured this out. They want you to get over there. New customers are going to get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So if you took the money line uh, of Sixers the other day, you're like, well, Nets have no chance, uh, you did that one easy. And you got your 150 bucks in bonus bets. That simple when you sign on to FanDuel. It's just gonna $150 bucks if your team wins with that money line. Bet if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. And it's not just like the money line, either spreads, player, props, over, unders. So much more they've sliced and diced this thing. For really any kind of outcome you want to see in a game. FanDuel has a way to get a bet in on it. You go to visit, visit fanDuel.com/slash locked on, kick off this NFL and NBA season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
0: So as we continue the conversation around these Brooklyn Nets and the struggling defense of the early part portion of the season, I should say a reminder that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. That's 24 hours a day. That's seven days a week. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of the Locked On Network Plus, our national shows are covering every single league. So go over to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe for that first ever, always breaking new ground here, national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Before we get into the individual play, Doug, this is yeah. pro- this, is, this could be one of two things. I think this is actually quite damning. It's not one of two things. It's just damning. Uh, opponents against the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets are sixth in terms of quality. It's a good thing. Right? Could be the worst, could be the best. They are sixth best in opponents' field goal percentage at 45.7. When you flip it over to the three-point shooting, they are also yeah. eighth best at 34.8. The reason why that's damning is that you're, yeah. what you're telling yourself is they played some really good teams, they haven't shot so well against the Nets, and the defensive ratings are bad, right? So this is that that perfect storm early where you go, well, maybe it actually could have been a lot worse, and we've actually
1: gotten lucky over these first 13 games in a lot of ways. It's so funny because you and I, we knew we were going to talk about defense, but we didn't actually like just go and like give the numbers that we were going to quote right here. Cause we were like, hey, this will be actually not that hard. Cause there's like a lot of numbers out here that, that don't help. That was actually the next, that specific stat was going to be the next thing that I referenced, which was, you know, th- it's not like teams are shooting the lights out of the against them. Cause sometimes you can look at this and say, okay, right. Like they're running way hotter than expectation on. A three-point shooting, and that can regress, and you know we'll see that regression happen over time. Like you said, where the the three-point shooting has actually not even been that bad. There's mm-hmm. this world where you could say, whoa, this could be so much worse." <laughs> like it could be so much worse. And I and and there's been plenty of games here that have happened with the Nets so far where other teams have just missed really easy looks. Sure. Like the the first game against Miami was one of these games. I mean, it was just a three-point fest with every shot was wide open. It felt like and they, they just, the Miami just missed them all. <laughs> right. And so when you look at that, when you look at that number, and then another number you can look at too is, you know, they've been limiting and maybe this won't be a problem for them because they just gotten better in this area, but they've improved, but it's starting to kind of like get worse. Now is opponent second chance points, right? Like this was a number that had looked pretty good to start the season, but it's like slowly ticking away at and they're, they're dropping because they were in the top five to seven, I think like, four or five games ago and now they're down to 14th and this is another reason okay well you maybe get Claxton back and you figure it's going to start improving but if they this team like wasn't amazing rebounding last year and they didn't do tons to improve it except for Simmons and if he's just going to be shelved for the foreseeable future it's just hard to see some of these numbers get better yeah and so yeah I, I just think that if anything, sometimes you you desperately look when you're digging through this stuff, you desperately look for a situation like, let me put my finger on the thing that I can get a positive thing out of. Yeah. The problem is when you start looking at those numbers, you're like, Ooh, it actually could they be worse than this like 19th to 24th? <laughs> like, is this defense actually worse? Maybe strength of schedule helps a little bit here, but I don't know, man. I'm right with you. Like those are, those numbers are, are iffy at best.
0: Yeah, and it it does make me wonder about, too, uh, well, so the negative side of this would be that the Nets, and they talked about this in the offseason and in camp, we need to be dedicated, gang rebounding. We've heard that theme before, but then you go look at a guy like Mikael Bridges and and you see it. Hey, he's getting more rebounds per game here. There's a dedication to that. The presence of Simmons and Claxton helps you. The moments when you have a guy uh, like De'Aaron Sharp on the floor matters here, Dorian Finney-Smith, right? The defensive effort to make it a little bit easier for some of your backcourt guys or the smaller players to grab those rebounds and mitigate second chances. But the uh, the other part of this is like, okay, now we're getting to the phase where the sample size is out. So now teams are coming in probably with a different approach. It may not be the same game plan you come in to take on the Brooklyn Nets. And maybe early season, the Boston game, you're always going to be outmatched even if you're playing 100%. But you mentioned Miami early in the season, and then they come back around and they play them a second time. And that second game looked different. Now it had a big Jimmy Butler performance and maybe that's all that it took. But I do wonder about that. This is a team that is not only playing a slightly different version of ball this year, so teams didn't see that last season, but then also they were running in a lot of ways on what they were doing offensively. Like Cam Thomas getting hurt and not being around right now, you say, hey, that could really matter in some of these games, right? Offensive firepower. Maybe it lets guys like McHale focus more defensively and not have to carry that load. We can get to that a little bit more. But the other side of it is, was well, is Cam Thomas automatically a 25 to 30 point score every night of the week, right? Like we're, we're hanging our hat on their ability to survive defensive deficiencies, on some things that we don't know for sure are going to hang up here. Lonnie Walker, just to throw in another one, So because somebody said this, what does the offseason look like? Is Lonnie Walker earning himself a really big contract? Well, if he shoots 46% from beyond the arc, sure. But but at some point, he's going to regress back to the meme here too. So I, it does feel like they're playing on offensive borrowed time. And when that runs out, You need to be able to go back to hanging your hat defensively. And I don't think that the foremost, the individual play,
1: I don't think has been good enough in one-on-one matchups over the first 13. And look, sometimes like having cam back, like just getting baskets can help reset defense. You're not getting cross matched Like you're not, you know, other teams are on transition. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like it is, it can, it will help your, it can help your defense. It should help your defense to make baskets because you can reset and get into the the, the scheme that you want to get. Like the Nets have been bad in in opponents' turnover – uh, points off turnovers. Like they've mm-hmm. been below average. Teams are scoring off turnovers. They're scoring and they're scoring worse, better than average, in fast breaks. Like other teams are just taking advantage of either sloppiness or misses or whatever, right, on the Nets' part, and maybe, you know, slight improvements or, you know, marginal improvements on the offensive end will curb some of that stuff. It's hard to get, like, all the way there on that, but it shouldn't hurt, let's say, like, to have those back. Like, even mm-hmm. if you thought Cam Thomas wasn't a plus defender or whatever, I do tend to think, even if the defense didn't improve, like the offense for sure, excuse me, for sure would. So I, I think, you know, those are places that the Nets can improve at least in terms of offense. And then maybe the defense doesn't matter as much. Cause right, right. Here's the problem too. Right now the defense does, it matters a lot because the offense is not very good. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like, so when the offense isn't very good, the defense starts really mattering. It's even more glaring. Let's put it that way. Right. That the defense is not playing well because they have no more. Cause they have, now they have no margin for error or they just have no ability to win. <laughs> or they're, mm-hmm. they're going to really struggle to grind it out every single game. Cause it's not like they can really hang their hat in one end. So I don't know, man, like it's, again, after you play the sixers is not the best time to really again, really evaluate the defense and it's not and, and there's a reason we're not just going right back to that matchup and saying you know look at this and look at this possession right. and they couldn't control and beat and right okay obviously I, that's going to be tough it's been it's going to be and is tough for every team it's more that's the reason we're looking at you know things as a whole rather than just like little bits and parts because that's the part that's just harder to tell yourself the story on.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting too because you go look at, and I agree with you. And we're going to talk about. I want to talk about individual play and then the early season schedule versus the schedule coming up, and whether or not we we maybe can get this sample size that suggests matchups have also driven some of the things that we've seen, like playing in NB, which is always going to be difficult. Yeah,
1: playing Boston, like playing, you know, having Boston to play Boston twice, Miami twice, what? the Clippers, the yeah, yeah, right. Like these are like well, yeah, so. For sure, for sure, Boston twice and Philly is going to throw this off. Dallas, I mean, Dallas Milwaukee's is in there offense. as well,
0: even though Milwaukee still scored a ton of points against them. But
1: defensively, yeah, their offense is top five right? this season. The, the Dallas offense has been unreal. Like they have yeah. had, very, there are teams on their ledger here that will throw this number off for sure.
0: Yeah. The other thing, so just a couple of notables here before we go a little bit lower level on individual player, just expectations going forward. The Nets lose the free throw attempt category throughout the course of the start of this season. Their free throw percentage, by the way, in terms of the differential there, is the second worst in the league. Behind all the Milwaukee Bucks, but again, you don't have a Giannis on the court. That's a big difference here. They're minus 7.2 in percentages. So you lose at the line. That's defensive related in terms of, you know we talk about these in some of these big matchups. Hey, listen, you're going to have to take your lumps and live with, defending without fouling, because not only or other teams with superstars going to be that much more adept at getting to the line. But the Nets don't exactly achieve when they get their opportunities while losing that category as well. The three the, Here's the things that are interesting and why the defense, you want to see it come around. The Nets are ahead on differential in field goal percentage. They're ahead on differential in three-point shooting percentage. They're ahead on defensive rebounding, on rebounding overall, the assist category. So there's all these things, blocks, turnovers. The Nets are ahead in the differential 2.6. So on the one hand, You want to say, like maybe we can hang our hat on the offensive end and these things that we do. The other side of that coin is, what about, and we're starting to maybe see it a little bit here, what about if we start to cool off? Then we need to be able to come back to these assignments and to this team version of defense as well and say, can we get stops when we need to? Can we be a team that leads a game down the stretch and then clamps down in a second? We'll answer that question. And we'll also talk about the upcoming schedule and whether or not we believe this is truly a long-term problem over the course of the season. We'll get into that in just one second.
1: Before we get to that, we'll tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. What's prize picks? You ask? Well, it's Daily Fantasy made so easy. Prize picks figured this out. They got rid of the salaries, they got rid of some of the other decisions you make on some of these other operators, and they just made it simple. More or less on the prize picks projections, and that's it. And more or less on what? Oh, it's all the all your favorite stats. My favorite one this season, easily on prize picks, has just been points plus rebounds plus assists. Because I just feel like if I know the minutes that a guy is gonna play. Then I can just I can feel pretty good going more or less on when I combine all those numbers. Then I can just you know feel good about a bad shooting night because they're out there grabbing some rebounds or assists or whatever it is. Prize Picks lets you put together a bunch of different plays, up to five. You can in twenty up to twenty five times your money going more or less. You can combine sports too, like I mentioned points, rebounds, assists. You can combine that uh, with an NFL player, just go touchdowns, yards, receiving yards, passing yards, whatever you want to do. Prize Picks. Also has the thing that probably people are going to love the most. is just injury protection. If a player leaves early, you're going to get that pick reset. You're not going to find that happen at any other operator. You go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks.com slash locked on Use that code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. All right. So as we wrap up today's episode, talking about the concerning question, is the Brooklyn
0: Nets defense ultimately going to be the root of their problems? Now you mentioned in there, it's a couple of key things. Not that if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, you don't already know this. No Ben Simmons, that matters defensively. No Cam Thomas, that
1: matters offensively well, and, and uh, hold, hold on. <laughs> hold on go a ahead. second. Hold yeah. on because I'm going to give you a oh, number. I know, here this is the, oh, right. I forgot. This is the part where it get, this is where we go to the really dark timeline here. Okay. So I will, I'm going to, I'm going to couch this in one way. I am going to first say, The the Nets need Simmons back. Simmons is a very good defender, if not elite elite defender when he's healthy. So let's just get that part out of the way. All the Ben Simmons love in the world. Want him back. back. I just heard. I know this episode hasn't aired yet, but
0: I heard the whole fan base mute those five words you mentioned about, he's a really good defender when healthy. And then
1: they came back in. So expect the
0: comments though. Just the numbers
1: ready. with him on the court this year, defensively are so much worse than they are with him off the court. Like he's there. They're 190 minutes of 120 defensive rating. That's horrible. Um, and with him off the court this season, it's a 114. So six points better with him off the court, just defensively. Um, they're also better on offense with him and worse. So it's like, it's a, it's a net rating swing of seven, more than seven um, better with him off the court. Again, this could be, we, we could be statistical lumpiness here. He played whatever. I, I'm not even gonna go. You, there's ways that this can on an individual level can get wonky early. I'm just saying the close to 200 minutes of Simmons this year, the it's been worse both ways. <laughs> off offense and and, but specifically way worse on defense well are. let's
0: let's stay here for a minute then because i i I think when you see those kind of numbers and when ben simmons was playing on the offensive end when cam thomas was lighting things up like that's a little more alarming than just hey you know smaller sample sizes maybe it's not as big a deal i the, the question that i would take away from it defensively first because we've always talked about why him, Ben Simmons, that is, and Nicholas Claxton, different type of players, but the same type of concerns offensively and what they lack defensively. Though, as I've always, as we always come back to, but Nicholas Claxton's a rim protector. This is a guy that averages three blocks a game and walked right back into that role as soon as he came back healthy. Is there a should there be a concern here that if Ben Simmons is not going to be capable of being that version of defensive player, whether it's locking a dude down one on one clamps or Defending guys in and around the basket, then his his defensive value does greatly diminish, and it puts an exorbitant amount of pressure on other guys to pick that up. And in theory, we don't always think that Claxton's going to be there on the court
1: with him at the same time to do so. Okay, and so and and look, I know all, uh, the Simmons lovers out there are going to like. There's there's and this is what's funny about these numbers, right? Because like if you. If you take it, so I took that one number. I showed you the one number, like 190 minutes. It's been really, really bad for him, right? But sure. then, if you do, if you're like, okay, well, what happens if we play him with like they're just the right combination of guys that like bring out all of his skills? Mm-hmm. What does that look like, and what's the team look like? Because maybe that's a more fair representation of the whole thing, right? Like like, the ideal okay.
0: lineup for Ben Simmons to be, yeah. So,
1: and because of the way it shook out the season. A, a lineup of Simmons, Cam Thomas, Dinwiddie, Mikhail Bridges, and Dorian Finney Smith, right? Like yeah. that's just that unit played a decent amount. You get DFS, you know, small ball five. You get Cam being able to play offense, right? Does that make sense? Like that when I put yeah. that lineup together, yeah. like that kind of that coalesce, you know, coagulates in your head and it's like, okay, I can I can imagine that one. Well, that lineup's awesome, right? 48 minutes, 130, 128 offensive rating, 108 defensive rating. So it's like, oh, Simmons with just the right parts is really, really good. Simmons with messed around rotations and whatever like that's not as good so i'm just throwing it in there to be fair right like um and say like i don't want to just take that one number and just be like it stinks there are versions of this that are are fine it's just that it might not be the fact that it the fact that there is a negative thing means there's versions of it which are not good but we can also say versions of it that will clearly improve the team also does that make
0: sense yeah. Oh, and I think probably when you talk about a guy like this, like, but oh, oh, sorry, when you talk about any of your best one or two top players, right? Top three players on your roster, no matter who they are, you would prefer it be that they always stay pretty consistent. You don't want to have to say, well, here in this version sure. of the lineup, things are very good on both ends of the floor. Now, unfortunately, a lot of the other versions, which you're going to have to utilize over the course of a given game, those look pretty bad, right? And, and it does come back to the Claxton Simmons thing. Well, they can't play together, but they can play separately, okay? But when they play separately, and it's not, I'm not even jumping just on Simmons here. Well, you can only use Simmons in this X, Y, and Z opportunities, and then Claxton may be here, right? So if you have to start parsing down when your best players are ideally capable of being the best value yep. for your team, then they're right. probably not. They're they're not. They cannot be considered in your best player category.
1: It's always going to be hard. A big part of that. Right, it's always just going to be hard. It's just going to yeah. be hard to, like, write Right, when you can't. When, right.
0: Well, sorry. What, what Dallas never says is, hey, should Luca play or not? Right. I, 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 you know, what, What's the best version of this, right? Should, uh, Kevin Durant, do we want him on the floor? Or do we think maybe we need to part? No, nobody looks at the best players on their team, and they always go, yep, you're out there, and everybody else figures it out around you.
1: Right. So, and, and point being is like, you said, it's just always going to be difficult, right? It's just always yeah. going to be because, because it, you're not always going to get just the right combinations. And I think we can even, we, uh, you know, the, even the best Simmons lover will know, will admit that like he can't play with everybody. Right. right. And again, this is, like, we got in a little too Ben Simmons centric Cause I, I don't think it's like all on him here. I, I, it's, it's really, that really kind of wasn't the point. It was mostly to highlight the The question that might come, which is, oh, they just need to get this guy back and it'll switch. And I'm like, ah, yeah. there's a version where it doesn't. It was like mostly just to combat that one possible question coming up.
0: And that's actually, yeah, that, that really is the point because, right. So we say no Ben Simmons. We say no, no uh, Cam Thomas right now. We didn't have Cameron Johnson early. We missed some Spencer Dinwiddie for a couple of games. Even by the way, not having Dennis Smith Jr., we've highlighted his defensive value inside of this backcourt. So all these pieces, you want them to come back in so they can figure out the right version of it. I think that the big thing here when we talk about the defense struggling, the question ultimately is, does it matter for the Brooklyn Nets this year, right? So so we talk about at the high level, hey, maybe some other teams just haven't shot the ball terribly well against them. And if they start running hot, the Nets are going to start losing. But we never anticipated this offense being as good as it's been early in the year. And I can look at, like, a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith who got thrust back into a starting role, and he's cooled off. Like, you could say three out of his last four games have not been as good as they were early in the year offensively, so you don't want to have to lean too heavily on guys to have expanded roles. But can it be just as simple as we highlight at the top? you've played Cleveland, Dallas, Miami twice, Boston twice, Milwaukee. You've also played the 76ers this most recent game. This team is 6 and 7 through 13 games, and as I highlighted either at the in the post game episode or in the bonus episode, when you have Atlanta again Miami, they're going to wrap up this three game season series before November 25th, but then Chicago, Toronto, Charlotte, Orlando before you get back on a road trip Do you think there is just this world where like everything, maybe the sample size at 20 games feels as balanced as it could be relative to competition? Because while some of these guys have teams, have players and have stars, not at the level of those handful of games we highlighted here early in the season.
1: Yeah, like that, the Toronto Charlotte or uh, let's say Chicago, Toronto, Charlotte is like sort of a get right spot for your defensive efficiency, (laughs) right? Right? Like like you should come out of that
0: and try to do something.
1: Yeah, like you should come out of that string of games and say, and like the defensive efficiency should look, you know, a few spots better at worst, right? Yeah, yeah. for sure. So there's there's a lumpiness with the schedule that's always going to throw these things off. It was mostly just, and we'll kind of close it out here, but it was mostly just to say, even with that understanding of that the schedule has been a little harder, the Nets just have to be better on defense to be anything at all this season, really, to even just be in the playoffs, like to to feel okay about even making the playoffs. The defense, even through rough stretches, has to has to be at least league average, um, right. because it's just going to be it's just simply just going to be too difficult for them. And well, I think that's mostly it. Is like, do they have a defensive ad- identity? I, I think after watching all the games, I can say no. <laughs> right? right, like, I, like I don't, yeah. I don't, that I don't be feel like. But
0: the most crystallizing thing is like we're we're trying to survive it. We're not necessarily trying to impose our will, which we thought they'd be able to do for stretches of games. Right. Right.
1: Exactly. Like there's no, it doesn't feel like a defensive identity team. It feels like a team that is, you're hoping each time to get stops. And sometimes it happens and it has happened, but it doesn't feel, yeah, they're, they're not, Yeah, like you said, overly imposing. Okay. We are going to get out of here. Oh, go ahead. And then we'll. No, no, no. I was
0: just going to say, I think one of the next things we will discuss is like the offensive side of the ball and things that have carried the weight here. Beyond a Cam Thomas, we've talked about Mikhail Bridges and some of the concerns there. When you go into veterans like Spencer Dinwiddie, like Dorian Finney Smith, like Royce O'Neill, there is a shelf life to guys getting into their 30s and, you know, regressing and getting fatigued. And there is not that next wave of players that's just going to replace that. So there's a very big push and pull here happening about what's worked what needs to work and what's going to be sustainable over the course of the year. So it's
1: good themes to kind of think about early on here. All right. We're going to get out of here. We just remind game preview going up tomorrow before, uh, before Tuesday. Oh no, wait, do we have, oh, sorry. Am I screwed up here. The, Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Wednesday night you'll see you hear the game preview going up then. Uh, and then we'll be one day off and it gets completely scrambled that guys. I gotta tell Forget you. it, man. Forget it. Yeah, just get me to Thanksgiving, baby. Uh okay, so uh, and then we'll Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, we will be there after the game doing a live podcast as well. So no worries heading into the holiday weekend. In the meantime, make sure to join subtext.com slash lockdown. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and to YouTube as well. The meaning of life is to find your gift, the purpose of life. Is to give it away Pablo Picasso Ah, one of the all-time great poets We will be back again tomorrow Talking more Brooklyn